howdy, howdy. My name is Sterling Shea, and you are listening to Arts District, the podcast. Today, I am joined by photographer Jordan Fraker. And if you live and work in the arts industry in Dallas, Fort Worth, you have seen Jordan's work. He shoots promotional photos for Dallas Theater Center, Kitchen Dog Theater, and does lots of headshots for fellow actors and artists. And I got him to chat with me about his career, his craft, and when this is over, you're going to want to run to the nearest computer so that you can book a session with him. He was just awesome. And stay tuned at the end of the conversation for a super special announcement. All right, this is Jordan Fraker. Well, I would love to start. Thank you for coming, Jordan. Yes. Uh, can you tell me how you got into photography? <clears throat> well, um, so when I was in high school, well, okay. Uh, when I was a kid, I drew a lot. Um, it was, that was how I played. Um, I mean, I played, but I drew. Mm-hmm. And um, my mother tried to get me um, into Booker T. Washington. Or she had the idea of me going to an art magnet. And I ended up going to Richardson Art Magnet. Um, It had just started as a magnet program. And um, so that's kind of where I cultivated my uh, artistic side, um, which was mainly just painting at that time. I tried to get into a bunch of art schools as a painter. No one accepted me. And so I went to um, what's now known as Collin College, but at the Mm -hmm. time it was Collin County Community College, a little wordy. And that's where I took my very first photo class with the great Gary Bishop, who I consider my mentor. Um, he was my first photo professor. And um, I fell in love almost immediately with photography, with, um, with kind of the, the possibilities. I mean, I, I was going from it taking me two weeks to finish mm-hmm. a piece, like a painting. Mm-hmm to being able to create 36 pieces in however long it took me to press a button and wind the shutter, you know? I mean, it, it just, the possibilities to me, it wasn't that it was easier, because it wasn't. I mean, it was going into the dark room, and I just fell in love with the process, the, mm-hmm. this marriage of art and science, and being able to be in the world making uh, art, and um yeah that's kind of how i got started in photography and then i eventually went to the san francisco art institute that's where i got my bachelor in fine arts and photography which i minored in filmmaking which i've never used okay (laughs) um in any way but yeah that's that's kind of how i got my start cool um yeah that's really interesting that you referred to it as a marriage of art and science. Well, it used to be. I mean, yeah. now that it's digital, right. I guess it still is. Yeah. And I suppose every art is, really, mm-hmm. if you think about it. Um, I guess that doesn't make sense if every art is a marriage of art and science. But every every art maybe is a marriage of science mm-hmm. and process or material. Yeah, well, I mean, I would think that I would refer to theater as a marriage of art and psychology, at yeah, least that's from an actor's totally perspective. Um, so you went to San Francisco and you trained more there. Mm-hmm. What was the program like over there? 
Um, very hoity-toity. Okay. Um, Did you like the, uh, the Bay Area? Uh, yeah, so don't get me wrong. I, I loved my experience at art school, um, and I loved living in the Bay Area. It was, it was, it was like an adult playground. Yeah. Being, being in my, you know, um, 20s, my early 20s, it, you know, you don't, you don't need a car there. In fact, it behooves you to not have a car right. there. Um, and just being able to explore this seven square mile space where there's millions of people living there and they all kind of have a similar mindset. Um, it's a very, it's a very cool city. It's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the homeless uh, issue has always been an issue. Uh, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Right. Um, but yeah, my, my, um, my experience in San Francisco was fantastic. And, and, and my experience at the San Francisco Art Institute was, um, I mean, I met a lot of really awesome people there. Um, some of my favorite people in the world, some of my very good friends were in the, were in the photo program with me. And I, I made friends outside of the photo program as well. But, you know, you kind of stick to your cliques. Mm-hmm. And my relationship with some of the professors was pretty good. Um, not with all of them, but with, with most of them. I, I found that with some of the with some of the professors, it kind of was this battle with them. I kind of always felt like they treated the students as competition. And if you kind of think about it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. They're still working artists. Most, most of them are uh, art, art professors. And so they kind of have this old gray wolf kind of uh, wisdom about them where they're, they're kind of barking at you and telling you what's already been done in the art world and why you can't do it better. And, you know, my experience at art school was very, like I said, hoity-toity, meaning it was about the concepts. It was about the messages you're sending with your mm-hmm. art and had very little to do with the process. I mean, it kind of, if the process was part of the message, mm-hmm. but it, you know, no one cared if, if you, when you graduated, you went on and worked as right. a photographer. No one cared if you made it at right. all. There was no talk about how to run a business. There was never talk about how to do anything related to working as an artist. It was all about the art itself and that's all fine and good if you're not paying lots of money for it in my opinion mm-hmm. i i believe you know because I, I guess i just uh, it really boils down to the fact that we, i went to school with a lot of rich kids right not all don't get me wrong but there there were a lot of people that i went to school with that didn't go on to be artists not because they weren't good enough but because they don't have to they don't have yeah. to try yeah so um, you know, in summation, my, my, you know, San Francisco Art Institute is a fantastic school. Um, it's had its ups and downs as far as a program. I mean, it's the, the photo program was that photo program was founded by Ansel Adams. Mm-hmm. That okay. is Ansel Adams photo program is the San Francisco Art Institute. It's the school that Andy Leibovitz went to. It's the, I mean, uh, San Francisco Art Institute is the alum for many very well-known artist Barry McGee. I mean, I, when I was going to school, the Bjork would hang out. Mm-hmm. She literally was hanging out at the school. Um, I mean, tons of visiting artists would come and speak to us. Some of my favorite photographers, Sally Mann, Martin Parr, 
it was unbelievable. Um, and so, yeah, taking what I learned there and trying to apply it to what I do now, mm-hmm. um, I had to unlearn a lot. I, I beat myself up. I put myself in a hole where I could not escape. I was jaded and and I, down on myself, down on my ability. Mm-hmm. And switching, <laughs> switching after I graduated in 2005 with my Bachelor in Fine Arts and Photography, I went digital in 2006. Yeah. I had, to, to, talking about unlearning things, yeah. I had not, I mean, I was still... I was still printing in the darkroom right. all the way up until graduating. Yeah. So that was a huge change for me, for the whole photo world, really. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people, I'm going to keep referring to the theater industry because that's, that's where I come from and yeah. that's where most of our listeners are coming from. I mean, I'm, like, I'm in that world now, too. Yeah. Well, art is always just like this, this safe space and you can do anything, you can make mistakes, but so many people get hurt from their process and it takes a long time to earn unlearn things or i remember mm-hmm. going through college and being like you walk into audition you are wearing heels you're wearing a dress you walk in you say your name do your monologue walk out that's it yes and i walked into my first audition after college and they were like hey sterling and i was like oh my god why do you know my name? You're not supposed to know my name. I'm supposed to say my name. And just like immediately, I mean, that was weeks before I graduated that I had that audition and I just had this, oh my God, it was all wrong. Wow. Moment. Um, And it wasn't that it was wrong. It was just an old way of teaching that hadn't quite caught up. Um, But yeah, my next question, and you touched on it, was if you didn't learn how to operate a business there, how did you learn how to market yourself and your work? Well, that might be the longest part of this whole podcast, <laughs> okay. if, if you're asking that Ooh, question. And we, we all need to know, because okay. as actors, you know, the product is yourself, and you we're all it. trying to do that. Well, okay, and, I, and I'll try to figure out a way to describe my story in a way that can be relatable. Um, when I got, uh, so in 2008, I moved back the very, very beginning of 2008. I moved back home uh, to Dallas from San Francisco. Um, when I got out of school in 2005, I worked for a startup company in San Francisco as their in-house photographer slash director of photography or, or you know, chief, you know, executive officer of photography or mm-hmm. whatever stupid um, name they gave me. <laughs> and I, the, the, it was it was a cool startup. They had me traveling a lot. I was photographing basically anything I wanted for the sake of language learning classes, sort of like Rosetta Stone. And um, I was able to utilize my same kind of um, shooting style, which at the time was street photography. Okay. Um, I have a street photography kind of background documentary style, but like just photographing my life and mm-hmm. everything that I see. Um, so I would just you know, I was being paid to travel and photograph whatever I wanted just for language learning courses. Whereas Rosetta Stone uses, you know, stock photography. Mm -hmm. I got laid off from that job because the company hemorrhaged lots of money very quickly as, as you can imagine. And, um, I was on unemployment for a while. Then I had the worst job of my life working at a kind of a YouTube style company where I would watch videos that were uploaded by users and screen them in advance for if they were inappropriate. 
saw a lot of really crazy stuff. Ugh. Um, and it was, it was while working that job, uh, I worked it for about six months. I hated it, hated it. Um, I decided to move back home to Dallas for a little while. My goal was to move to New York um, after like a year, save mm -hmm. up some money. Um, but I, you know, opted to stay. Um, my first job coming back, uh, this is a little fun fact about Jordan Fraker. Uh, my first job coming back home was, uh, I had two jobs. One was assisting my mentor, Gary Bishop. Mm -hmm. He was um, no longer teaching and he was um, getting his freelance career back up and running. And so I was assisting him scanning stuff and um, helping him with some jobs. But uh, that was only on some days of the week. On the other days of the week, I worked at Dallas Theater Center. Neat. I worked at Dallas Theater Center in some call room, mm -hmm. um, like at the Kalita Humphreys building. Okay. I, I, I don't even remember where it was in the building, but you, you, you walked in the side door and you went upstairs and there was this tiny call center where me and like seven people called all the donors yeah. and asked for more money. Yeah. <laughs> it was, they love that. <laughs> um, it was really, uh, it was actually a lot of fun. The okay. group of people that I worked with was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But I only did that for like three months. Um, I started assisting other photographers in the area. And then I, um, in like uh, a year and a half after being back home, I started uh, working for this guy. I'm not going to say the name. I'm not going to say the name of the company, okay. but I started working for this guy, um, as kind of his right hand man. He wanted to build a photography company. He was doing it on his own and he wanted to kind of expand and hire other photographers. And they specialized in quote, executive portraits, which just means boring headshots of people that need their photo for business mm -hmm. realtors insurance people, you know, city politicians, doctors, lawyers, things like that. Um, so there, there was, there is uh, a high need for that. Um, and so I worked for him for about eight years. Mm -hmm. I helped him expand his company to nationwide. Um, he made a lot of money and I went freelance on my own a little over two years ago. Wow. Um, so, f you know, I'll give you the timeline again. 2000 is when I started taking pictures, got my degree in photography in 2005, worked for this tiny company where they paid me money to photograph whatever I wanted for about a year, mm -hmm. <laughs> moved back home in 2008, assisted, you know, small jobs. And then, um, in 2009 on my birthday, May 19th, 2009, I started my first job in Los Angeles with this guy, um, with the executive headshot company. And so from May 19, 2009 to February 2nd, um, 2018. So that's nine years almost. Um, I, in that time I photographed for that company, um, about 40,000 individual clients. Wow. So in that, this is, I'm saying all this yeah. to say, um, I've photographed a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I know what people dislike about themselves. I know what people like about themselves a lot of times before they even say anything to me. Mm. I, and, and this isn't, I'm not saying I'm some psychological <laughs> whiz. 
I don't know why people think the, the things that they do other than, you know, about themselves, other than it, it probably stems from family, uh, like a family member saying, oh, look at you, your squinty eye when you smile. That, that'll stick with you yeah. for the rest of your life. And so people, um, when people approach me um, to have photos done, there, there is something that I kind of, I don't even know how I got, I don't even know how I got here, mm -hmm. but I, I just kind of know how to work with people really well. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you have to be able to talk to people well, you, you have to be understanding, even if you've heard the same thing from people over and over again, you kind of have to, you have to treat everyone like an individual person, mm -hmm. because guess what? They are. A lot of photographers I find, um, they, if, if they do photography long enough, they get, they get a little jaded with that part of the process, with the human interaction part of the process. Mm -hmm. And it is absolutely the, as a portrait photographer, it's, it's the only thing that you need to make sure you never let go of. You can, you can change your process and you can, you can experiment with this and you can yeah. do this and you can change your friggin' camera. You can do all kinds of stuff as far as the technical process, but you, you have to stay consistent and keep growing as a person that likes people. I mean, you're talking about how a marriage of art and psychology with theater. It is very psychological mm -hmm. being a portrait photographer. So when it comes to marketing, <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't market myself that much. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, social media has changed everything. Mm -hmm. And as trite as that is to say, um, I have the privilege as a photographer of my content, mm -hmm. which I hate that word. Um, my content, quote, quote. Yeah. It, it's the photos that I've taken. I don't have to, I don't, I can, but I don't have to do behind the scenes photos of me working. Um, I don't have to do videos of me. I don't have to, you know, do a selfie at the photo shoot right. and say, Hey, I'm having a great day. I don't have to do that. Let the work I, I can, but as far as like traditional marketing goes, I don't word of mouth will always be the strongest form of marketing because mm -hmm. we live in a society now where we're surrounded by ads. Mm -hmm. The only way an ad will work is if it's supported by someone else's thoughts too. Mm -hmm. someone else saying, you know, I don't, man, I don't know if you've tried this new diet cherry Pepsi, but it is actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. Will be way better uh, to convince you to try it than seeing a billboard and a right. commercial and then a magazine ad. So I'll take this opportunity to be very uh, thankful for anyone that's ever, you know, shared word of mouth about me. I mean, it's, it's, it's an important, mm -hmm. it's so important mm -hmm. for theater. I, I mean, the theater, the theater companies, when you go see a play that the, the, you know, the director will come out and say, Hey, you know, word of mouth is our best marketing. Well, there's a reason for that, yeah. you know? So I don't know if that, if that answered your question or not, but yes, I mean, for, for theater, I, you know, I'll tell you what, a, what good marketing can be. And that is a good headshot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I don't know. I, photos. Right. Um, you're talking about by working so much, you became more intuitive of other people's needs and people are, you know, my pictures are going to grow old and I'm not going to look like that anymore, mm -hmm. but I'll always remember how I felt during mm -hmm. that session. That's exactly right. Um, and so it, it really 
seems like it just comes down to like being a good person and like really focusing on who you're working with. Um, you touched on having a mentor for mm -hmm. a second. How important was having a mentor for you? Huh. Uh, pretty important. Um, I mean, Gary, I, you know, it's, it's embarrassing to say, I haven't talked to Gary in a uh, few months. Um, having, having at least someone that you can bounce ideas off of and, and I mean, they're like, I mean, they're like your creative parent, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's imperative. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe it's not imperative, but, um, I don't know how, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. I am completely and totally self-taught in Photoshop. Okay. Um, uh, there, I did not take a Photoshop class in school. They did not offer it. They did actually, but it was, it was one class. I mean, it was, it was like a, an add-on. It was, it was certainly not like a, like a necessary class to take. Right. It was certainly like elective status. Um, so everything that I learned uh, in this program that I use every dang day, um, I taught myself, but I, I, you know, I wouldn't have the ability to even know what half the tools are in there or how it'll affect the digital images that I'm working on if it weren't for the foundation that I built with um, working with Gary and working uh, and having, you know, photo classes. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that a, that a photographer or an artist needs to go to art school, but you need context for, uh, so there's a Susan Sontag um, uh, quote, art is defined by context. Mm -hmm. You need context for what you're creating. If you don't know what's been done before you, if you don't know what your photos look like already, mm -hmm. if you don't know the masters, if you don't know the, the style that you're shooting in, if you don't know the color theory, um, you're going to have a really hard time expanding because you don't have contextual understanding of where you came from and where you're going. And so, um, I guess I kind of got a little off track there, but, it's okay. um, but it seems yeah. like since you were saying that you had professors do while you were getting your bachelor's that saw their students as competition. Mm -hmm. So identifying a person that you can go get wisdom from was probably great. Yeah. So there was, there was a photographer at San Francisco Art Institute. Um, there were two photographers that I, that I really liked Hank Wessel, um, who passed away last year, unfortunately, and, um, another photographer named Reagan Louie. Um, and, um, both pretty well known in the photo world. Um, and, I considered them my mentors at San Francisco Art Institute. You know, they were the guys that I would go visit in their office and talk to and mm -hmm. hang out with, you know, and, you know, drink beers with and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I would not have, I wouldn't uh, call them my mentors. I would just say Gary was because throughout the whole time I was in San Francisco, I called Gary mm -hmm. once a week, um, just to kind of tell him. And, and Gary's kind of shares my same um, sort of, Gary was the guy that taught me that the only thing that really matters as a creative individual is curiosity. Passion doesn't, passion is a word that's thrown around a yeah. lot that I don't, 
it has different definitions for everybody. Um, my passion could be another man's obsession. Mm -hmm. And this man's obsession could be considered, you know, too much mm -hmm. or too little to this person. Right. It's not enough. True. Passion varies from person to person, especially when it comes to creative, quote, passions. But curiosity, curiosity is, is what a creative person needs to fuel whatever passion they have in the first place. And creativity, to me, is what gets you to the drawing board. Mm -hmm. Hey, I wonder if I can do this. Hey, I wonder if this will look cool if I do this. I wonder if I'm how much money it's going to take for me to create this. I wonder if this color will look bad with this color. That's how you that's how you break your processes that you're stuck in is by being curious. And so I'm a big curious curiosity over passion guy. Um, and that is, if it weren't for Gary, uh, I would be still thinking that quote art is just paintings and stuff. Yeah. You know, I remember in the very first class that I had with him, he was showing us a bunch of photos, um, on a slideshow of, you know, some of the great photographers of, of photo history. And I raised my hand in the back and he goes, yes. And I go, uh, excuse me, when are you going to start showing us the art pictures? I guess I was thinking that this would be more like, you know, like cool formal portraits or like something like, um, I don't know, like whatever. And he goes, well, what do you, what makes you think that these photos are not art? And he goes, I don't, I, and I, I said, I, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about photography and he, I can't even remember all he said because he went off. <laughs> he went off on me um, in front of everybody. But I learned a lot that day. I learned that like what what can be art is everything from photography to stand up comedy to cooking to running a business. Anything that can be defined as good or bad by someone else yeah. critiqued. That means that you are doing it your own way. Yeah. And and in my opinion, there is at the very least, some level of an art to virtually any endeavor. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting because I had the opposite experience really? in undergrad where I was like, great, theater is this play with these words and it makes you feel like you identify with it or it makes you feel excited and then the curtains close and it's done. And I had a director that was like, you know, the most beautiful play I ever saw. It was it was in a found space. It was in a park in New York and they threw salad at each other. <laughs> and they made this human salad and they were throwing tomatoes and and dressing and lettuce. And I went, oh, I'll I'll never please this man. Yeah. Oh my if God. that's what this guy thinks art is. <laughs> and and a few months go by and we saw this play, this student directed play that I just hated and it offended me and it made me mad and it was just kind of i just thought it was sloppily done mm. and we had a big discussion about it in class because we were all directing students so they were like great let's talk about it and we ultimately did come to that conclusion that well if you felt mad and offended then it was art because it made you feel something oh man and i had to go okay yeah yeah and who am i i'm not the 
definer of art, then this is art. And, and you know, I am absolutely not the definer of art either. My, my, my position on art is probably on the simpler side. And, and, and there are a lot of artists that, that um, in, a, in a very complex, you know, theoretical way, art has to really, like, punch you right in the gut. Or it's got to, you know, it's got to make you, I don't know. I, there's nothing wrong with art that makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with art that makes you feel happy. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with art at all. But there, if art has to be assaulting, if art has to um, be the yin to some yang, mm -hmm. that some, some issue in the world, um, that art needs to be made. Mm -hmm. And that art needs to be pushed in some people's faces. But that doesn't, it just doesn't mean that everyone needs to make art like that. That's yeah. not how all art needs to be made. In fact, if all art was made that way, how would you know what the good art is or what the assaulting art is? I mean, you know, art is like, the, the art that is created by any given person is as yeah. individualistic as that individual, you know? And that's beautiful, yeah. you know? I think if every single human being on this planet made art, we would probably understand that a little more. Yeah. That art can be, I don't know. Yeah, no, the, and there's definitely a place for palatable art or palatable theater. Um, and I've always said, like, yeah, do your Christmas carols, do your... <laughs> Do your thoroughly modern millies and get the money in and get those patrons in. And then right as you have them, like, do something that really says something. Yeah. Um, yes. And there's lots of ways to do that. But... Um, the theater is such a fantastic mm -hmm. medium for... Uh, it's going to sound silly, but for storytelling art. Um, because watching some people right in front of you go through the troubles mm -hmm. that they're going through or going through whatever they're going through on stage, you are in the same room as these people going yeah. through this. You're in the same room as these words being spoken. There is more intimacy than watching a movie with these problems, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Like theater, um, being able to have that more palatable storytelling, mm -hmm. it's extremely necessary. I wish more people went and saw theater. I tell everyone I can. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you guys don't realize you're friends of mine. I'm like, you guys don't realize you need to come see these plays. Yeah, I used to work at um, South Coast Repertory, which is a theater in Orange County, and they were really good about doing that. They would do their crowd pleaser plays. Yeah. And then they would every other play put in something that was just challenging to their senior. Mm -hmm. wealthy white audience and probably so, some of the donors yes and so <laughs> the donors and i mean these old rich white people would go see a play about like the struggle of an immigrant woman leaving mexico and coming to america and walk out and talk about the experience of immigrants mm -hmm. in this country and you're like wow look at them navigating that conversation because of something they saw mm -hmm. something they could not have if they had seen you know what i'm yeah if they saw some lifetime movie about yeah it. <laughs> so exactly exactly um and it that was always just like very fulfilling and pleasing to me that these very different communities were coming together and kind of 
growing yeah. together. Yeah, it's, I mean, theater is such, uh, such a powerful um, medium because of, you know, because of the, the, the crowd all together um, buying in uh, both, you know, literally and, you know, figuratively to this process. Mm-hmm. Uh, all coming together at the same designated time and you all leave at the same designated mm-hmm. time and, and you get to be in this room experiencing something together and, and you can walk out and then, you know, talk about it as opposed to going to a gallery and lazily walking around while you, you know, eat some cheese and yeah, um, you get, oh, hey, you know, I haven't seen you in forever. And then you get distracted and then you kind of go back or you don't go back and yeah. you just keep talking to this person. You know, it's it's it is it's a beautiful medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, and I'm very, uh, sometimes very envious of the, uh, strictness to, to the experience mm-hmm. that is, that is, you know, that the audience has to have, I, I'm, um, the closest thing to it is, is Instagram mm-hmm. in my opinion and being able to post on Instagram, you know, I know that some people will see, it's, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's not like that. It was not like that for photographers before social media. Right. Interesting. Um, so you started freelancing two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you start on the note of theater, working with theaters and working with actors to do headshots? Um, I met my wife, Whitney Holotick, mm-hmm. in 2015. We got married in 2017. I proposed to her in 2016, so 2015. And, um, you know, we fell in love very quickly. Um, and one of the very first plays that I got to see her in was a play, um, it was a rendition of Faust by the Drama Club, okay. which is, um, run by Jeffrey Schmidt and Lydia Mackey, that power couple. And so I got to see Whitney in this play with a lot of heavy hitters in, um, the theater world. Um, so Lydia Mackey was, um, I always say it wrong, Mephistopheles. Okay. And then, um, and then, uh, Cameron Cobb was, was Faust. Faust? Is that his name? I can't remember. The main character. And, uh, you know, Whitney was in it. Um, and this, at any point, but where I'm going with this is, uh, there was a young actor, um, named Cayman Casey. And Cayman um, now lives in Los Angeles. Um, very, uh, very handsome guy, handsome black man, ripped, extremely talented, very good looking. I was at lunch one day in 2016 and um, I, with Whitney and I get a, a text on my phone and it's this guy, Cayman, saying, hey man, I think you and I should work together. Um, cause he saw some photos that I did, which, which honestly, the very first thing I really ever did for any actor or theater, um, once I met Whitney was I shot the archival photos for fast. Okay. And so came and saw those photos and he said, Hey, we should, we should work together. You do headshots and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I, I can do headshots. And, and, and of course, you know, he doesn't know that I do headshots for a living just okay. of like business professionals and stuff. Right. But I knew that, um, I mean, you know, I I also shot street photos and I've shot photos of bands and I mean, I've I've done it all. 
Right. And so, but I've never actually like been hired by an actor to shoot some cool photos of them. And so we, we hooked up and, um, I gave him a, a fantastic deal, uh, on a lot of different photos and some people saw them and liked them. And then my next actor I worked with was Tina Parker. And I had not yet gone freelance, but I had been starting to think about it. And Tina Parker, uh, you know, runs uh, with Tim Johnson, runs Kitchen Dog. Okay. So Tina Parker is also, you know, she's on Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Okay. She's, uh, and, and among other movies and TV shows. Um, but she is fantastic. And she is currently in Alabaster at Kitchen Dog as oh. Wheezy the Goat, which everyone should see. Um, and so those, those photos now, you know, are being seen by um, her manager and her agency and lots of different actors. And then it just started trickling in, you know, this person and then this person, this person. And I didn't really start like cultivating my Instagram until I went freelance. Mm -hmm. And actually for the first like three months that I'd gone freelance, I was actually scanning old photos and putting mm -hmm. them up just to have a flow yeah, of images because I wasn't really getting a lot of work. Yeah. And it, everything just kind of came into place. I mean, I, I, it's, it's, it's wild. I, I mean, if it weren't for Whitney um, introducing me to this world, I, I would still be an outsider looking in. I mean, I, I, I loved theater mm -hmm. already. Like I said, I worked at Dallas Theater Center when I moved back to Texas. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, b being able to photograph actors um, for their you know, agents, for the representation, or just, you know, I work with a lot of voice actors who just want cool pictures that they can print out for cons and stuff. Right. Being able to take these photos, it's this perfect marriage of being able to shoot commercial work and editorial work. And it's, you know, I, I consider the type of photography I do to be the type of photos that help market a person, place, or thing. Mm -hmm. I am a commercial photographer. My goal is not just self, you know, serving. Mm -hmm. My goal is to help someone make money right uh, my my entire thing is is i'm trying to help you market yourself mm -hmm. or your place of business or your food or your you know whatever and so i've kind of you know it's it's actually something i've always wanted to do because i guess i always kind of hated advertising like to me like the advertising world is very gross mm -hmm. you know um and so i guess i kind of wanted to make i do want to make a difference in the advertising world by making advertising that's i don't know genuine yeah i i hear that um so you did i know you did the slide by yeah promo photos sure and did. you just did little women and american mariachi oh yeah um, just just get ready for one of these one of these american mariachi photos is so awesome i they're all, i mean already the one that they've teased is i'm like wow it's freaking gorgeous thank you i yeah i sent that to them um and i was like I sent them all of them and I said, I'm pretty sure this one's going to be the hero image. And mm -hmm. that was the very first one that they sent out. That's and awesome. yeah, it's, it's an interesting shot that sombreros is photoshopped on. Oh, wow. That's, I was going to say, do you get, um, is it, are those images very curated by the director or do you get a lot of creative freedom when you do that? Okay. This is fun. Uh, so, um, it depends on the director, depends on the company. Um, and it depends on a couple different factors. Um, I will tell you that Christy Vela um, is one of my favorites to work with whenever I do the promos for a, a play that she's directing because 
man, that woman has vision for days. Mm-hmm. Um, she, and she is very good at articulating her vision. I can only imagine what it's like being an actor uh, in one of her plays. Um, but I mean, if you've seen any of her plays, I mean, she's, did you see Real Women of Curves? I, I think that was before I moved out here. Okay. Um, I have heard her name a lot. She's so, Just in the, the eight months that she, I've been here. She is very good at, um, I, th- I, I believe that she is good at, as an actor and a director because I believe that she has a very sound understanding of her own creative process, um, which is important. Mm-hmm. Um, she has transcended. So I, this is, I'll go back to this here in a second, but I believe that um, to get where you want to go as an artist, you first have to imitate, mm-hmm. right? So you have to imitate what you like. Mm-hmm. And then there comes this point where you break through that wall and you find a voice. And then you have to break through another wall where you don't just have a voice, but you have conviction. And you are able to summon it somewhat regularly. Not all the time, of course, you have to take breaks. Christy is like probably four walls into that. I mean, she is just so, she's so very good. And so when 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 I have done any promos for her, she has just this, I mean, she's got a, ready to go list and we riff off each other really well because she is able to give me a direction without really knowing how a photo is going to turn out she's not a photographer Mm -hmm. and then i'm able to ask the right questions and she's able to answer them and then you know of course photos never exactly turn out how you want i mean i've gotten to the point in photography where they turn out pretty darn close but not exactly there may be one little thing that i can't get the actor to do exactly the way i want or the light is a little different or whatever um you know working with uh for instance working with tina parker i did the promos for alabaster um you know she's like all right we're gonna go out to a goat farm and i want to get a photo of the of the they want it to look like a selfie and then, I don't know, we'll just play around and do some other stuff. Okay. And so she's really, like, free. She's like, yeah, man, just kind of do your thing. She trusts me. Um, and then, you know, working for DTC, it's pretty much my it's my show. Yeah. I, I show up, and I they're like, we trust you to do whatever Good. you want. That's awesome. And, and that's, that's a lot of fun, but it's also really nerve-wracking because right. it's like, there's so many directions <laughs> that can go. Like, I need to know more about the story, and I need to, you know, so yeah. I have to do my own research okay. for most of these. I have to kind of research on my own the stories because I, as a, you know, I'm not an actor. I'm not a theater actor. I don't know all these plays most of the time. Um, So if anyone listening wants to book a headshot session with you, Uh what would you tell them to prepare for that? Or what are things that actors can do prior to the session to like make it the best use of their time possible? Well, um, I'll answer the first part. Okay. Um, which, uh, let me make sure I got it right. What can they, how do they go about asking? Is uh, that what you said? Yeah, we'll touch on that. Okay. But then also, like, physically, what can they bring to the session or prepare in advance? There, um, there are so many ways a portrait session can go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean just with me. Mm-hmm. But I mean, with any photographer, like the, the, what you'll get from me is very different than what you'll get from another photographer. Mm-hmm. 
the not only in the 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 photos but the experience um and i i believe that there's a huge huge um part that the experience you have during a photo shoot there's a huge part that that plays in how you feel that the photos look in general mm -hmm. if you have a good time while you're having your photos done you will like the photos yeah. a lot more than if the photographer was a complete asshole. Right. Very rarely have I ever heard, man, this photographer I worked with, you, I wish you could have been there. This guy was such an asshole, but man, those photos are great. Right, yeah. <laughs> that, that just never happens. So when someone emails me, um, it's usually an email or a Facebook message, um, hey, uh, I like your work, I'm interested in having some photos done, um, you know, can I see a price sheet? I send them a um, an email that I have kind of drafted out already, but I customize it with each person. Mm -hmm. So I change up a lot of different things depending on on this, that, and the other. So are you know, as an actor, are you represented already? Mm -hmm. Are you trying to get represented? If you are represented right now, that's going to dictate a lot of what we're doing. Right. If you're not represented and you don't want to be represented, you you like being on your own mm -hmm. and somehow are able to make that work for you, um, like a lot of voice actors, mm -hmm. um, then that's pretty awesome. And we can kind of go bonkers and do whatever we want to do. I mean, any ideas, any crazy concepts, well, let's, let's make it work. However, if you are not represented, but you're looking for representation, you know, I, I tell people we want to stick with standard looks. We want to go with what works. Right. And if you want to shoot some extra stuff that maybe you can buy from me later, that's fine. But this is, you know, this is kind of, that's kind of the three categories right. of actor yeah. for, for how I go about it. And so depending on which agency they're represented by, if they're represented, that dictates a lot. I mean, if you're represented by Mary Collins, it's a very different look than if you're represented by Campbell. Mm -hmm. um, Campbell has uh, kind of a specific aesthetic that they go for, especially mm -hmm. for their key headshot for each uh, actor or talent. And um, I mean, Mary Collins lets me do, I mean, she lets me kind of do my thing. And I, you know, shout out to Mary Collins agency because it, they have been a huge, huge supporter for me as well um, in helping me and my business. I mean, it's, it's, she, she's very supportive of me. I really appreciate her and Sarah and Allison, uh, Kim in the office. So yeah, there really isn't any wrong way to have your photos taken, so long as you're being yourself, so long as you are um, having fun. Mm -hmm. Acting, you know, modeling is just acting without talking. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not uncommon for, especially for theater actors to tell me that they're not great at having their photos done. But, um, you know, I may, if, if, if someone is looking for a, you know, like a medium, sized package like if they're looking for like eight images or ten images or something like that like final edits mm -hmm. um it's it's not out of the realm of possibility for us to shoot like 1200 images mm -hmm. and so eight or ten of them need to be the ones that work right so uh, it's it i mean it's you don't have to not every shot's going to be your favorite shot you know mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people um kind of get that part a little mixed up a little convoluted in their mind they get held up on the ones that they won't like mm -hmm. but um you know as as a wise man once said 
never judge your behind the scenes footage with mm -hmm. other people's highlight reel. Mm -hmm. when, you, when we're picking these eight or 10 images, that's your highlight reel and people are gonna really like them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, and you'll really like them. But yeah, then you'll have these other thousand images that don't really work, mm -hmm. you know? And it doesn't mean that they totally don't work. It just means that they aren't perfect. Yeah. But I guarantee you those eight will be perfect. Right. Um, I So I started this podcast initially because I used to work for about two years um, for a talent agency in Burbank. Oh, okay. And I kept learning things and going, oh my God, no one knows about this. I want to tell all my actor friends. Yeah. Um, but people started responding to the interviews and the theater focus more. So I kind of pivoted towards that. But I, you're right on the money with that. With if you have an agent, they're going to say, hey, I am sending you out on a lot of Nike auditions. So I need mm -hmm. you to wear this kind of clothing. I need your hair to pull back, mm -hmm. da, 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 less makeup, da, 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 da. but you know, if you're not, working within that box you have a little bit more freedom oh yeah but it's so true because i remember taking headshots and just <laughs> i was behind the desk and seeing everything that i was and was not being mm -hmm. submitted for every other casting call was like music video girl girl next door hot girl cute girl from commercial and i was like yeah i need more like cute you know, vixen photos. And I tried to emulate that. And I was obviously so uncomfortable that oh, all during this the shoot. during the shoot that, and just, and it, the photographer was a great person and I knew them and I had a relationship with them. So it wasn't them making me uncomfortable. It was just not who I was. Yeah. And, but I was trying to do it because I wanted to work more. And my agent was just like, we can't use any of these. Really? Yeah. Did they say why? I don't know. They were just like, you You can see on your face uh, that yeah, you yeah, hate yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I will tell you, um, the direction that I give to actors when I'm photographing them, I want to keep it pretty simple. Um, I want to give them real tactile, actual movement direction. And I want to generate the expression that I want. Mm-hmm by something I'm saying, but I, very rarely do I say, okay, we're putting you, uh, you are right now, you're playing like sexy girl right now. And I need you to kind of like pop that shoulder towards me and chin down toward it. You know, I don't, I don't normally want to put it in their mind, the role that they're playing, but sometimes I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it just depends. It depends on the person. Yeah. Everyone's very different. Um, but yes, if someone came to me and they were like, uh, I need to get, man, I, you know, like, I need to get these Nike ad, you know, deals. I, I, I'm, I'm looking to get some like, you know, kind of more athletic yeah. modeling stuff. Um, we can, we can go do that. We can go shoot you in your, you know, in your compression pants, uh, on a track somewhere mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of the work part of that is, is the things that I'm doing to give it that aesthetic. As far as your expression goes, you got to buy into this. You have to buy into it. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard. Yeah. It because then it really becomes once you buy into it, again, not every shot's gonna work. It's a matter of selecting the right shot. Right. Yeah. And from that same session, I had one where I had like a high ponytail and like a rainbow striped shirt. Uh -huh. And she was like, 
this one nailed it. She's like, this is your camp counselor. This is your okay. Riverdale, Riverdale teen. Yeah. You know, she was like, this is you. These are not you. Interesting. You don't need to do this. And it, it was a very like kind and guided conversation that really enlightened me on, you know, I was coming from a place where I was just feeling like just jaded by LA and I was like, I can't work here because I'm not like this type and this type and I don't fit into these boxes. Mm -hmm. And she kind of was like, actually you can, and this is exactly where you fit. And it just made me feel so much better. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, the headshots and like portraits are, yeah, are, they're so important. Um, so if people want to reach out, how can they view your work or contact you? Well, um, uh, my website is my name, um, jordanfraker.com. Um, it's Fraker, not Fracker. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people out there are Battlestar Galactica fans. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jordan Fraker, J-O-R-D-A-N-F-R-A-K-E-R.com. Uh, Fraker Photo is my tag on Instagram. Um, I think if you just search Jordan Fraker, I'm the first one that pops up. Um, and then you can add me on Facebook if you want to. Jordan Fraker. Um, I don't have a Twitter. Good. <laughs> um, I, though I have thought about it lately. I, I election used, stuff. I used to have a Twitter, and I've been without it for maybe two years now. It's accessible. I, I know. Yeah. The thing about Twitter that's really interesting is I I somehow still end up on Twitter all the time. Because okay. I'll you know yeah. people will send a link. There's a lot of good content. Uh, and then I end up just scrolling through Twitter, and I'm like, I don't even have a Twitter account. How am I reading all these comments? <laughs> really good memes in Twitter. Um, but yeah, I mean, any, any anyone that um, you know, I, I anyone that needs a photo, um, I I I really like taking photos of people that, like I said, uh, that help them be themselves and uh, market themselves um, there is there's you know there's a it's it's a tricky i think people get a little hung up on the experience uh or the, the thought of what the experience is going to mm -hmm. be and um yeah i mean every photographer works differently and you know i mean i i, I hope that none of the stuff that i've said throughout this podcast has sounded too high and mighty but i i do believe i, I i'm good at what i do and uh I'm, I'm kind of seeing where I'm where I'm heading and I'm happy with the direction. I'm happy with my work right now. So yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much Absolutely. for being on. I know that you've been doing this for 20 years, but just like hearing your story, I just feel like I'm so happy for him. No, thank you. <laughs> That's just, awesome. It's, it's really you. awesome and it was very insightful. So thank you. Good. Well, thank you for having me. Alrighty, everyone. That was Jordan. Uh, like he said, you can type his name into Instagram, Facebook, or go to jordanfraker.com, F-R-A-K-E-R, to get a hold of him and view his portfolio. Also, I wanted to let you guys know that if you want to hear me as a guest on another podcast, you're going to have that opportunity very soon. Um, Camille Monet is a Dallas-based actor who hosts a podcast called Boozed, B-O-O-S-E-D. Uh, so if you like spooky ghost stories, getting the heebie-jeebies, or anything supernatural, 
you absolutely need to subscribe to the Boozed Podcast. And here in a few weeks, you'll hear a familiar voice. It's me. It's my voice. I'm a familiar voice. Okay. Have a fantastic week and you will hear from us soon. 